0: Want to ring the bell?
1: All right. Ding, ding.
0: What is up? Welcome back to Two Views Movies. I am Garrett. And I am Carson. And today we're talking about another Warner Brothers HBO Max release. Came out just a few days ago. Uh, it, it's taken me back a little bit. These, these HBO releases at least have somewhat of like a theater cadence to them, right? Like, oh, hey, it drops on Friday. You know, get to go see it for the weekend. So even though we're not actually seeing it in theaters, it's it, it feels kind of like old times.
1: Yeah, it, it's almost like the, uh, at least the way we've been treating them are, it's, okay, release in theaters, so you go opening day type of thing, and so we watch them opening day, or it's even the uh, way HBO, like Game of Thrones, sort of, uh, you, you sure. wait until Friday until a new a new movie drops, and what, what's that new movie? And, right, uh, and I it, I guess, like, we had gotten out of the
0: Friday habit, right? I mean, sometimes we were running out on Thursdays, because they, they, you know... Movie companies decided to just start releasing all their movies on Thursdays. So right. we would go see them on Thursdays.
1: Well, it was Thursday at midnight. And then midnight turned into like <laughs> 7, 6, Yeah.
0: <laughs> that would have been so much better in college to not have to go to a midnight release. Instead, you could go to like an 8, of course, <laughs> I, I guess, like, 8 p.m. now to, like, 38-year-old me is, like, what midnight was, too. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> we had no problem me. at midnight in college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think the last time I ran out and saw a late movie was, uh, actually, oddly enough, uh, another Lakeith Stanfield movie. It was Sorry to Bother You. Oh, you that saw was that? was the last time I... Yeah, because you went and saw it. And you're like, hey you got to go see it. And, like, it was Saturday at, like, 10 o'clock when you sent that to me like, all right, well, I got nothing to do. So I hopped up out of bed and went and saw, sorry to bother you, like a 1045
1: showing. Yeah, because we we saw it, and I didn't want you to see, because you scour the internet often, and I didn't want you to see anything about it. So I was like, you (laughs) you need to go soon, and you you left right then, which surprised me, but but I appreciate your effort there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so... We're going to be talking Judas and the Black Messiah today. Uh, new release. Uh, we're, it's going to be a little bit before we have another good new release. I think from WB. Uh, I, I think it's actually not until uh, the Snyder cut that we get something new from WB after having Wonder you Woman. You said good, and then you said Snyder cut. Well, you yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think I think good there it's was doing there. a lot of heavy lifting. There there's there a lot of there was air quotes around the good, meaning like <laughs> uh, it, it's something of relevance nope. i guess is what i should that say. was freudian you uh <laughs> no. you are looking forward to it I, I am looking forward to it for all the wrong reasons i won <laughs> it over but i think the thing that's actually now starting to weigh on me even more about the snyder cut is it's going to force me to watch the original justice league first because i've got to freshen up on that so that i can spot all the differences and that may
1: be what angers me the most right now is knowing i have to go watch that again you to watch them back to back I don't, know. I, think I don't you should, know. I think you should go on cold. I mean, you haven't seen that in a year or so, year and a half? Yeah, something like that. But I, I want to be able to
0: accurately spot the differences. And I think some of them are going to be big. I think some of them are going to be minute. But I, I don't want to, like, reverse engineer. I don't want to go watch Snyder Cut and then go back and be like, oh, here's what was different. I'd rather just have the original Justice League fresh in my mind, and then we'll I'll parse what changed.
1: So I think that's the wrong way to do it. I feel like you no. need to you have forgotten this other movie and this is what was quote and sup- supposed to be, uh, and just, uh, just watch it and enjoy it as if it were new. No, I don't
0: think, I think that's completely ridiculous because I think we need to acknowledge that this is like a do over. And I think you need to understand that like, this is what was delivered as the product that they gave us. And then now they're trying to do a redo. So I think you need to watch it in that context. I don't think this movie deserves to be seen with like a blank slate that nobody else has seen. Cause that's not what this is.
1: Well, um, I mean, I know what's – I've seen that movie many times, so I'm going to know what's new and what I haven't seen before. But I do think, as far as enjoyment factor, if you go back-to-back, you're basically watching the same movie, same two-and-a-half-hour movie, and then to the, quote, same four-hour movie? Is that well, what we're- okay. Yeah, it's something like
0: that, but I'm not going to go back-to-back. It'll be like – I'll watch Justice League like the week before or something like that. I just need to freshen up on it. Now, I I don't want to do a marathon. I don't want to go back to back. That's not what I'll do. But like I, I need to at least familiarize because the last time I watched Justice League was when we revisited it for this podcast like a year plus ago. Yeah. So I just and I don't like it, so I purged it from my memory. <laughs> so I, I need <laughs> to have some sort of baseline here. Well, I, I think you should just come in fresh. See what uh what Zach's got for you. No, it won't happen. Uh, I'll be revisiting Joss's first. Okay, so now that we've kicked around, somehow every, everything is going to, all roads are going to point to Justice League until this is all said and done. <laughs> it's just, it's an inescapable thing right now for me. Um, and we did get the trailer for it, what, Yes, yesterday? Two days ago? Yesterday. Yesterday? Okay, well, Valentine's I can't remember because there was Day like, th- yeah. there was three teasers leading
1: up to it. Like, I, give me a break. I, I love, I love the, the teaser for the trailer of a movie that we've already seen two and a half hours of, but it was th- it was two or three teasers, right? Oh yeah, yeah, it was three days of teasers. Might have been more. I, I wasn't following Zach before uh, before the third one, but I think it was three teasers and then then the actual trailer. Okay. Yeah. And we still so got what think... a month left to go yeah. <laughs> before
0: it yeah. comes out. So I think my plan of attack will be I'll revisit Justice League maybe about a week or so before, you know, whatever episode that we decide to kind of lead into Justice League, we will reexamine the trailer for the Snyder Cut before we head into the actual Snyder Cut. So I'll, I'll have some some freshness there that I can work with when we go. But uh, not that I want to beat around the bush anymore, but we also need to talk about another trailer that's going to lead us into what we're covering next week. You want to, you want to tell everybody what you found
1: for us to watch? Well, let's just say there it was either Tom and Jerry, which comes out on HBO Max this week. We we opted out for that. Um, and we went with uh, Willie's Wonderland, starring none other than Nick Cage. And it looks like
0: Chuck E. Cheese slash Showbiz Pizza, I guess whatever region of the country you grew up in, uh, goes nuts at night. So basically, uh, if you ever played it or heard of it, it's, it's Five Nights at Freddy's, the movie with Nick Cage. And I've never heard of Five Nights at Freddy, so that's, that's new to new Yeah, you to should me. give it a shot. Uh, you, weren't, you weren't in the iPhone game back then, like when they, were, when they were all coming out hot and heavy. I mean, it's basically a horror game where, using security cam footage, you try and survive the night at an evil Chuck E. Cheese, where the
1: animatronics come to life and try to come and, and find you. Well, that sounds exactly what this is. <laughs> exactly. So, so from, from the trailer, it looks like so Nick's, Nick Cage's car breaks down. And they say, if you clean this restaurant, uh, then I'll fix your car. I'll pay for your car to be fixed. So he agrees. And then all these kids show up to burn it down. Is that what we we gathered from the I, trailer?
0: I honestly did not pay any attention to the trailer other than I wanted to see the animatronics and where this was all going to go, like how stupid they were going to get with it. So I just assume that like everything else happening is just filler nonsense, like, you know, paint by number horror stuff, like, oh, we gotta get a few people into this area so that there can be some screams and some stuff. But I was just waiting for the okay, let's let's let Nick Cage go crazy like he does with animatronics with puppets and stuff, and that's that's what I got out of it. That
1: that's my whole basis for Willie's Wonderland. I mean it does look like the stuff of nightmares. I mean if you see I thought they did a good job with the animatronics making them look super creepy. Yeah. It it looked fine. It
0: looked fine. I I think it's going to be, I I don't know. I mean, it's going to be potentially really, really unbearable and awful, or it's going to be at least campy enough to get some laughs out of.
1: I think it'll be good. Although, he doesn't utter a line in the trailer. Do we think he talks at all? (laughs) He doesn't need to. I I don't know. I think he has some screams or something, doesn't he? He, Yes. I think he's yelling as he's destroying something. But does he? Probably. Probably. Does he have classic Nick Cage lines? Uh, they're holding them back. They don't want to give away all so? the,
0: the zingers, the one-liners in the trailer. I bet. I bet he doesn't talk much, if at all. I mean... I- I don't know I I could honestly see it being one of those things where Nick Cage isn't even in it that much. Like the trailer focuses on Nick Cage to go get you to watch, oh crazy Nick Cage beating up some animatronics and then really like he's in, you know, 15% of the movie and it, the rest of it's like the kids running around or whatever. So uh, you never know what they're going to do with these types of movies. You think they're going to kill him off early? No, I just oh. think that it's one of those things where like they present him as like the centerpiece of the movie. Because he's Nick Cage and the big star, but then like he's not actually because that sometimes happens in those B level movies, right? Like you see somebody on the cover, you're like, Oh, this has got this guy, and then <laughs> there's not really that much of them in it. They just tried to put them on to, you know,
1: put butts in the seats or in this case if it's straight to DVD, just sell mm-hmm. movies. Yeah. They I guess it's on uh Amazon Prime for your your viewing pleasure.
0: Yeah, I'm certain even if this was even if theaters were open in, in the pandemic, which I mean, I know they are, but there's limited releases. My guess is this was a straight to streaming vehicle. That's a good guess. That's a good guess. I mean, that, that's Nick Cage's lane right now. Yeah. He's collecting paychecks. Him and Bruce Willie, a few other guys, just, just phoning them in through uh, streaming. I mean,
1: it, it's hard to turn down money. You know, <laughs> and, and, and how, don't how, long, how long do you think this took him to film?
0: No, not very. I mean, long. you think that's it's what, like a,
1: hey, spend a month over here, we're gonna give you, you know, a million bucks. Like, all right, yeah,
0: yeah, and that's exactly what he's basically turned into. I mean, at some point, we'll have a, a Nick Cage Renaissance, I'm sure. I think he's probably had two or three of them already in his career, but something will come along where he he gets back into like a, a big mainstream movie, like maybe National Treasure Three finally happens, and he somehow you know gets back into things.
1: Well, he's got this cult following now of these crazy psycho movies that he's doing. And so, he's got this like underground following of of Nick Cage. They love him because he's going manic, and that's, right. that's 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 what they expect Nick They don't want to see National Treasure three. I think that'll that'll ruin it for him.
0: I don't know. I I think he's just enough out there where people can draw that line. Like I think there's the people that that want to see him go crazy. And I think there's people that haven't really followed him down that path. So they're probably like, Hey, what's Nick Cage doing these days? And then he'll pop back up in national treasure three on Disney Plus And everybody will <laughs> then wonder what the hell Mandy was a few years ago.
1: Exactly. Like, wait, Mandy. Yeah. That got, <laughs> that got dark. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean,
0: it should be a fun watch. I, I'm
1: interested to see where they go
0: with it. I hope they have a lot of fun with it and that it's not just cheesy and, and, and like corny, but not funny. Like they, they've got to strike a good balance of like, being stupid with it but not so stupid that you just check out
1: yeah and Easier I, was, said than done. I was scrolling through the cast to see if i recognized anybody else and there are a, it's a decent number of people so there's going to be a lot of people that die that's basically how i <laughs> how i looked at it so they're yeah. like a bunch of teenagers that uh, i'm sure will die in some very different ways so yep uh All i'm right. and we're, we're putting this in the horror genre right I'm sure. And so it's a lot easier to get stars in the horror genre. So um, I'm putting this for entertainment value at a, uh, I think it'll be at least three.
0: Mm. Uh, Yeah. I mean, three is probably a ceiling. I I don't have that high of expectations. I would probably say it's going to be a one and a half to a two and a half. Uh, That's, that's
1: very, very high. (laughs) Very high. (laughs) (laughs) You have next to, next to no expectations for this movie. That's fantastic. No, I, I mean, I re- there's no
0: reason to. I mean, given the premise, given who's in it, given the quality of movies Cage has been turning out, uh, I'm expecting to to not like it. That doesn't mean it won't have some moments where I'm, I'm laughing or that I think, oh, okay, that was good. But I think overall, it might be a little bit of a, a, a one of those eye rolling movies. I think it's gonna be fun.
1: Just, just I hope fun. so. Just fun. That's uh, all. Just fun. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think that's what I I would need, especially after following you know something like judas and the black messiah i think you know going the other way putting the needle on the other side and getting over to like stupidish fun um be a nice palate cleanser
1: you don't think those two are comparable
0: <laughs> no <laughs> i i'm not sure how i would ever draw a comparison between the two other than to say they are total opposites
1: well after we watch it next week we'll we'll try to make that comparison and, and put them in the same bubble Oh, We might be the only podcast to ever to ever do that. Here's
0: our thesis on the parallels between Willy's Wonderland and Judas and the Black Messiah. And maybe that's our thing. Maybe that's what we do now. <laughs> I mean, if we pull it off, that would be uh, it'd be, it'd be newsworthy.
1: Newsworthy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, then let's go ahead and get into Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, I'll read a really, really short description because... I, actually, I want to get your thoughts on this. Can you spoil... A true story, yes. Okay, you thank you. I I agree. And Letterbox does that in its description of the movie. Oh, so, like, wonderful! I get that. Like, if it's the story of Neil Armstrong, okay. There, there's probably like a certain amount of like, you know, public knowledge about the fact that we landed on the moon. That like, you probably can't spoil that. I mean, I mean, I guess technically you can for like a kid who's ten, but you know what I mean, like right that kind of true story has such an expanded knowledge you know across all humanity that I would say you probably can't spoil that but this i mean i, I kind of was vaguely aware of fred Hampton. i obviously knew of the black panther party but like i i, I didn't know much about him so to me this I, is an opportunity to learn
1: yeah i i never heard of him so yeah. i didn't know this this part you know beyond um Achmed and you know martin luther king jr sure you know th- this piece of black panther and what happened i guess after they were they were assassinated I i didn't know so i I was coming in pretty cold
0: yeah and i think that that's one of the things where when i read the letterbox description and i'm not gonna say it here but like it, it it gives away the story here so uh i shifted over to imdb and they're a little bit more vague which which i preferred so this is basically the story of fred hampton who's the chairman of the illinois black panther party And his betrayal by FBI informant William O'Neill. It was directed by Shaka King, which as far as I could tell, I think maybe he had one other movie that didn't quite look like it was a big feature film. And the cast we talked about on the last episode, mainly uh, Daniel Kaluuya, Lakeith Stanfield, Jesse Plemons. And then I'll throw out uh, Dominique Fishbeck, too, who played uh, Fred Hampton's wife. So I guess the first place to start would be, you know, we talked a little bit last episode about our expectations of what the movie would be based on the trailer what did you think in line with that? Like, was it what you expected? Um,
1: yes, yes and no. Um, I expected very good performances, which I think we got. Um, I did not, I had higher expectations for the story uh, of how it was. I know. I know you only have so much flexibility with a true story. I mean, you can't, you know, make something overly exciting or engaging when it's, when it, wasn't um and not saying that this wasn't but I felt like it was okay. Uh so I was kind of disappointed maybe because my expectations were much higher based on who was in it and uh and again what what we see from the trailer uh I thought uh I thought they did really well with it but I was I have my issues as well. Okay. What about I mean, you. Yeah, it was in line with what I thought.
0: Um the the one difference was and this isn't a spoiler. I I thought that perhaps, um, like Keith Stanfield's character, I thought he would have been associated with the Black Panthers and then get arrested, and then they try to flip him that way, whereas opposed to like the way it plays out in real life, which is he, I guess by my account and what the movie is telling me, he wasn't really involved with the Black Panther Party. He got in trouble with the law and then they basically turned him into an informant and said, Hey, go join up with the black Panthers. And because we need some Intel from here. So that's, I, I thought it'd be more of like a, uh, a friendship that gets betrayed, but it's more of like the betrayal almost sort of happens first. And then you, you get into the, you know, he, he develops that friendship and then there's conflict there. So, I mean, I don't think I'm giving anything away there spoiler wise. Cause that's, I mean, it's in the trailer. I'm just talking about the timing of how things happen here, but, um overall I mean yeah it was what I thought you know a departedish vein in there of like there's a mole here in our party along with like the historical you know biopic nature of learning about Fred Hampton and the Black Panther party so it, it was definitely what what I expected um and I even think quality wise it's about what I expected too it, it was it fit kind of nicely in in that lane I had a good time watching it I will say I think that I would have liked this better in theater just because when it's a little bit of a slower drama, like, I want to feel more absorbed in the movie. And the fact of the matter is, like, you know, if the dog's got to go outside or, you know, something like that, I got to pause the movie, go let them out, you know, come back. I just... I was a little bit distracted in the beginning. I think that kind of hurt my understanding, and I'm not holding that against the movie. So what might be happening here from my perspective is I might be giving it a little bit of the benefit of the doubt for some of the slowness or issues I had in the beginning because I'm kind of putting that on me. Um, so there might be a little bit of forgiveness here for
1: me on that. Yeah, um, I could see that. I, I just hope you don't uh, pause Willie's Wonderland. You know, I want to make sure that you get you're fully engaged in, right. in that. Once we watch that piece, um, no, no, I, I understand. Uh, the Movie theater, you, you you're a captive audience. You can't, you're not supposed to glance down at your phone. You know, it's just right. a, a written, a unwritten. I guess it is written. No cell phones. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But they, uh, but it's just you. You just don't do that. Well, if you're at home, you know, and it buzzes, you're like, oh, I wonder who that is. You know, during right. the movie, and and so if you don't kind of discipline yourself you know, to watch this as if you were watching, you're going to get all those sorts of distractions. And I do think it does take away from it. Sure. Yeah. So really my, uh, I'm trying not to get too, too spoilish here, but, but Jesse is, I thought was not only kind of a confusing character, but also I felt like he was miscast and not just because of our, our comments on our feelings and our, uh, our sneak peek of Jesse, but I felt like he was too young for what he was doing. Like he, he still feels like, I don't even know how old he is, but he felt like he's 25. And then this FBI agent talking to another young, young person, and they kind of have this buddy, buddy thing. But, but the whole time that they're like negotiating whatnot, I I felt like he didn't have the power to do this. And maybe that's the age of the the real guy that he was playing, but I just felt like he was the wrong choice. I, I didn't feel like he was real.
0: Okay, I mean that's interesting because I actually thought he was really, really well cast, and the reason I say that is because Clemens to me is one of those guys that is very, very hard to read um so I actually think that fits well with his character and like I keep thinking back to game night uh, which I don't know if you've seen that or not, but like I think he plays a cop in that, and I think you're you're led to believe that he's like gonna bust them for all the stuff that's going on but then he actually ends up being like a pretty cool guy in the end and i think that to me like that little balance of like okay is he really on the keith stanfield side does he have a little bit of humanity does he feel for the black panthers and he's just trying to do his job and then especially uh, there's a scene with him and, and martin sheen later where there's an interesting conversation going on there where you're like okay i'm not quite sure is he towing the fbi line or is he going against them a little bit um, so I actually thought him being the way he is, and even with like the way he acts with this sort of facial expression, I liked it because he was always trying to it seemed like put up a front about whether or not he, whose side he was on and what he wanted to do here. And it was a very... At times you could read it as very sympathetic, his face, and at other times I felt like you could read it as like he's dead behind the eyes where he's like, I'm just an FBI guy and I'm, I'm going to do this at all costs. So I actually thought he was really well cast.
1: Well, and I just... From the... Again, I don't know how, how old is he. Is he mid-30s? It,
0: I'm, I'm terrible with ages. Like, I literally will be, like, plus or minus 10 years is the best I could do. So I could see Plemons being... I would say he's at least 30. It wouldn't surprise me if he was 40.
1: Now, this is pretty easy for us to figure out, because the internet, you know, has things like this.
0: Yeah. I would guess 39. 39? Oh, that's way older than I thought. He is 32. <laughs> wow. I mean he just got one of those faces, right? Like he he that doesn't surprise me necessarily. Like yeah, 32,
1: 42, either one would have worked. And and see to me that seems young for his position in the FBI. But I don't I didn't ever get the sense that he was like some higher up in the FBI. I don't know, it just uh, to me it just felt off. It felt like two kids talked you know, I mean, that may not have been far off from what it was. I mean, oh, I'm it, sure, I'm sure that again, the true story may be right on base, but I just felt like it was uh, okay. Like that, that's so that's here's... how I felt when I was watching. Like it doesn't seem right, and maybe that's because okay. I've seen a lot of movies with the FBI agents and they're older and they're trying to lean on people and whatnot. But it just didn't feel sure. feel like he was trying to make a name for him himself in the FBI because he brings him to his house. You know, and, and it was oh, you know, how much money do you make? And you, know, you have this nice house and feels like he had been established for a while and it just it just all seemed uh yeah just that he was he was too young for, for the part but that was my uh, I personal mean, opinion okay
0: there. that's i guess when i look like i said my age gap i mean i i could have had plemons at you know 35 to 45 like i don't think the guy was 50 but if you told me he was 45 years old I'd be like, yeah okay that that's fine um but i mean i guess to the larger age point um by the end of the movie how old do you think Fred Hampton was? Did you did you hear this, or did you look this up? Well, they said it at the end. Oh, okay. So then I guess my question would be, did you have the same thoughts about Kaluya? Because there's no way Kaluya looks like he's 21. Like, he no. doesn't come across as 21 to me.
1: No, and, and I thought that was weird. Uh, because they, yeah, clearly, I did not think I was watching a 22- and a 21-year-old kid. Right. You know, and so... If they're just taking certain liberties, you know, with with the casting. Clearly that they've made a good casting choice from the acting ability standpoint on both of them, but neither one of them looked twenty-one or twenty two.
0: Yeah. And I would be interested to know what the thought in that was because I actually think that the fact that he was twenty one doing all this, which would have also meant that, you know, when some of the other events happened, he's just a teenager. So mm-hmm. Does it make it more or less powerful of a message in the film knowing how young Fred Hampton actually was? Instead of watching it thinking you're watching like a 35 year old guy, you're really watching a, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21 year old. I mean, that's technically an adult, but, you know, it, I guess it would have felt a little bit different. Um, maybe they don't think it would have resonated as well. Maybe they just didn't think that there was a 21 year old actor that could bring the same kind of heat that Kaluuya could. I, I'd be very interested to know what the thought was in that.
1: I think it's it's that, exactly. I don't think they thought they had a 21-year-old actor that could pull this off. Um, I think they were going for a name that could get cheeks in the seats, you know, with Kalia. And obviously, he has a track record of these types of roles of, like, that's going to bring a crowd. And while he does a very good job with it, I don't think it... Accurately reflected the way that we were supposed to feel about, not necessarily we're supposed to feel about him, but but like you're right, I think the impact of this kid's an up and comer, you know, and they're, they're trying to, you know, chop off the head before he gets, you know, going. And as a kid, I think that, and and they didn't, I think they didn't focus on that point in the movie uh, because it was a little bit unbelievable for him to be a 20 year old kid yeah i i completely agree i just
0: i wonder how much different it would have felt knowing that throughout the course of the whole movie because you're like man the the government's out to get a 21 year old kid like that's not that it should be any different that if kaluuya was playing fred hampton who was 35 like i mean it's still crazy that the government felt the need to go after them like that but when you Look at it when it's a twenty-one-year-old kid, or like when he was eighteen, nineteen, getting thrown in jail—you know, stuff like that. Like th- that has a very, very different feel. Um, and I get the pros and cons of both, so I am not sure that I—I am not saying I didn't like this, but it just—it
1: was an interesting choice, is all I'll say. Right? I mean, you think of the FBI assuming that you know this eighteen-year-old kid's going to challenge you know America, you know, right. basically like like this is the next uh-huh. threat, and he's eighteen years old. Like That speaks a lot to who this guy was. And you're right. I think that that was missing. Yeah. So I, I think the trick
0: is that if you make him younger, I think it definitely paints the FBI and America as being way more evil than it even was in this context, which is fine from a storytelling angle. I think that's one way you could have played it. But I think if you... In a weird way, like I know this is a true story, but in a weird way, if you cast somebody younger, I think it almost lessens like the impact that they could bring. Because I mean, Kaluuya just feels big in every scene, and I'm not I'm not sure you can get that if you're if you know you're looking at a 21 year old actor. If that makes sense, so I I guess they had to just strike a balance there with what they what they wanted to do. Did they want to make Fred Hampton bigger than life and give him Kaluuya, or lean on the age thing and and maybe have to go with a lesser actor?
1: Well, I think, you know, you have Hoover in there, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that would have played more on the his paranoia, mm-hmm. you know, if it if it was an 18-year-old kid. I agree. You know, and so I think that could have been, you know, you could even have the them sort of play on the other FBI agents of this guy's, like, really? Like, that's who we're, we're worried about is this 18-year-old kid? Mm-hmm. Um, so, sort of pushback on it. Yeah. Uh, but they didn't go that way at all because I think of who they cast. And so you're definitely giving acting ability for for a different type of story. And they just said, you know what, we're going to try to get him an Oscar. And we want people (laughs) to actually see this movie because we don't know that up and come where they can pull this off. Sure. So knowing that, would you have,
0: like as a filmmaker, would you have done something in the beginning of the movie to maybe clue the audience in on just how old Fred Hampton was, or do you think that would have been so much in conflict with the casting that then it's just sort of like, you know, you're kind of out of it, not believe Okay, you're showing me that this guy just graduated color, you know, you're showing me that he's 19 years old, but it's Daniel Kaluuya and I'm not buying that he's 19 years old. So now I'm kind of out of it. Or or would you just go the path that they did, which is like, okay, just go your whole movie experiencing this and believing whatever you want about the age. Cause it's sort of a, irrelevant, I guess, to what we want to tell. And then just hit him with the, Oh yeah.
1: At the end, he's 21 years old. I think it would have taken away from it. Um, okay. Because I mean, anytime you get those, you know, high school movies and the guy's clearly 30 you know, <laughs> yeah. playing a senior in high school, it, it just immediately takes you out of the realism of what this is. So sure. I feel like once they made the decision to go with the actors that they chose, they had to write that out of the script. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but we're going to acknowledge it at the end, just so you have you know facts of, mm-hmm. of what went on. But I think that would have taken me at like not really, he's he's supposed to be that that young. Um, now Lakeif maybe could pull off twenty, maybe. Yeah, I think
0: he's only 29 in real life. So yeah. Not too and, far.
1: And he, he's got more of a baby face. I think yeah. you, you might be able to to play him down to that. Eight. But if you're not going to do it with, uh, with both, then don't, don't go there.
0: Sure. That's my take. Yeah. I'm, I think it's fair. Um, what did you think about the, uh, the perspective of the movie in a couple of different ways? Um, so we're, we're really getting this through like Keith Stanfield's character, right? I mean, it's kind of it's his perspective on everything in a way but then also they fold in that documentary like so you're supposed to be and it kind of confused my son but i had to kind of explain it you know you're you're looking at lakeith stanfield doing a documentary many years later and then when he goes to tell his version of the tale it just goes into the movie right like that's the perspective of the movie is kind of what i gathered
1: yeah and i mean that's we we talked about this on many many movies before of the 20 years earlier you know mm-hmm. it, so you immediately know nothing bad's going to happen to him right. he survives uh-huh. so he's not going to get uh you know any he's not going to get caught and right. tortured and and everything right there we already know that and so that that does take away any fear you have for that character mm-hmm. um i do like how they added it you know eventually yeah but but, as far as leading with it, i don't um I don't agree with that type of storytelling, and maybe right. it's assuming that you already know the story i I don't know, but uh but for me, I was like, okay, I already know he i have no fear for his life because he's yeah. gonna be fine, yeah
0: and i honestly the the way they did it, I wasn't sure when that interview was happening, like we find out later the timeline of the interview, but like as they're showing it in the beginning of the film, like I had no idea whether we were looking at something two years later, five, 10, 20. I, I, it doesn't give you enough there, but yes, to your point, you're right that you can probably reasonably assume that he's going to be safe up to a certain point.
1: I mean, that's, that's the whole, his whole character, right? Is he's trying to, trying to play this and not get killed. Yeah. And when you lose that fear for his life, I think it, it definitely takes away away from it. Yeah. Which to me
0: was kind of one of those things where I, I think the the mole, yeah, I keep calling it the departed angle of you know trying to figure out who's the mole and who's not. Um, I think there was just enough of that to keep this movie interesting and they didn't go too far with it. I mean, clearly it was what was driving Keith Stanfield's character, but it wasn't necessarily what was driving the movie because it wasn't like the whole Black Panther and Fred Hampton, the whole Black Panther party. It wasn't like they were on like a giant mole hunt the whole movie. They were just doing their own thing and then you know you have this tension here of Lakeith you know being caught between the FBI and the Black Panther Party. So I I thought it was just enough to add an, a wrinkle to the movie that made it interesting enough and a little bit suspenseful at times, but not enough to where it, like just overwhelmed and just became like this massive who done it instead of focusing truly on like the Black Panther Party and Fred Hampton's life.
1: See, and that and that's where I thought there was a kind of a miss in focus of I think they wanted to tell. You know Fred's story, mm-hmm. like like that's that's where kind of kind of the two of their story. But I feel like the more intriguing story was the FBI putting these different informants in and what they were doing with them. And they kind of hinted at oh the other guy, you know, he's also an informant. You know that that type of you know what are all these C's that they're playing and how are they interacting with another and there really wasn't that. It was yeah. more of like Keith's paranoia throughout the whole thing that nobody really was looking for him. Right. You know, it was just kind of him yeah. on his own trying to get out, I guess. Yeah. Which I actually respected
0: given that this was more of a a biopic than anything, but you're right. I mean, there's definitely two different movies you could make here. You could make the one that we got, which is really a biopic with some of this other stuff sprinkled in to kind of help move things along and keep things suspenseful. Or yeah, you could go full on like departed, you know, 24 mole hunt here and just make it be the story about how the FBI tried to infiltrate the Black Panther Party and not really even, you know, care about or delve into Fred's life all that much. It'd really just be more about, you know, whatever the FBI was trying to do to crack down on these guys. And I think you'd have two very different movies. You get this one, which is more drama, more, um, you know, just straight acting and and story. And this other one would become like this crime suspense thriller kind of thing almost.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's where I feel like they were trying to straddle the line Mm -hmm. uh, of both where I feel like they could have gone just one way with it. I I don't know. I, I feel like it was, obviously you can't tell the story without saying, showing the FBI side of it, you know, right. and what and what they're doing, but I felt like it teased enough to where that's more interesting of a story altogether and then not not folded into the rest of it. Yeah. And so that, that that's kind of if they would just kept it with, you know, like Keith's point side of the FBI, then I think that would have been more more interesting to me. Okay. I mean, I I'll disagree on that. I I like
0: the blending of the two. I thought it was a great way to take uh, both sides of the coin, get them addressed in here. It gives you the ability to see Kaluya for what he was as Fred Hampton. It gives you the opportunity to see Lakeith Stanfield and the pressures he's going through, how they come together, how the story, you know, cause inevitably, you know, they're linked at the, they're joined at the hip the, from, you know, the end of the movie to all the events leading through it. So I thought it added a nice wrinkle to biopics can just sometimes get real slow and boring and even though like the events themselves aren't slow or boring like they just have a way of just not gripping you as much and i felt like the story of the fbi and lakeith was just a nice enough little you know 10 15 20 percent of of the vein of that movie to like give it some extra juice to get to get through to where you know, maybe you've got these other parts that are a little bit slower and a little bit heavy on exposition and, and building up, you know, some backstory of characters and you know, all that kind of stuff. But this was sprinkled in at just the right times for me to kind of keep the keep the momentum
1: going forward. Where did you land on this?
0: Uh, So I landed on a four, Um, you know, in typical Garrett fashion, I'd, I'd probably say maybe three point seven five, something like that. Um, I think the thing that throws it up to a four for me is truly just, I liked Plemons and I thought Kaluuya and Stanfield were both incredible. So like when it did feel slow at times, like, and I knew mentally that it was slow. I still really, really, really enjoyed seeing both of those guys, Kaluuya and Stanfield, um, you know, act. It was, it was, I just enjoyed watching it. Whose performance did you like the best? So this is a tough one for me. I feel like, it's two very, very different characters. It's very hard to say. Like, do you do you like the bombastic um you know, every time I pick when I think of Kaluya on screen, when I think of this movie, I, I picture somebody taking up like the whole screen, like the shots where he's just in the middle of it and he's screaming loud and he I don't you know, I heard I don't remember if they played it at the end of the movie or if I looked it up later, but like he nailed Fred Hampton's voice and his like his speaking patterns. Like it was just you could just tell, like when Stanfield or sorry, when Kalouya's on the screen, you're just you're supposed to feel it. And, and I did, but Stanfield's is like the perfect compliment to it. It's like everything, not that it's just all these subtleties. It's the paranoia. It's the, the nervousness, the kind of shifty eyes, you know, not really wondering what's going on. So like, Oh, if I had to pick one, I mean, I would probably go Kaluya just because it was so bombastic, but like, I, I think both were equally great. And because you're biased already. Uh, I mean, I, I will say I've liked Kaluya in a few. I mean, Get Out is—I think he's incredible in that, and a few other movies. But I mean, Stanfield's really good in Get Out as well, and he was good in—I uh, really like his character in Knives Out for some reason. He's probably my favorite character in Knives Out, even though he doesn't do a whole lot. But uh, yeah, so I don't know. What what are you think, Where are you at? And what are you thinking on the act, on the performances?
1: I so watching it and getting close to the end, I was like, I really like you know, Stanfield's. Performance in this much better, not not that he did did bad. He did Mm -hmm. he did I thought he did a great job. But I'm like I think the standout here is is the Keith Stanfield. That's uh that's just where my my mind went, and uh, I was just wondering where where you put them on that because I thought if anybody is is Oscar worthy, uh, I had thought going into it it would have been the other way around. I mean, I, I think
0: they're both Oscar worthy. I don't know. But I don't know. How would you even divvy it up? Can they both be up for supporting? I don't know. I don't know. Either. I don't know. I don't know how they do it. So you, what <laughs> did you give the movie uh, overall then?
1: Uh, overall, uh, I thought the performances were really good. Um, I had issues with Jesse's, which I'll get to on the spoiler side. Um, but I, I ended up giving it, uh, I think a. Between a three and a three and a half, uh, okay. I, think I gave it a three and a half. Um, I'm looking back to what I actually gave it, uh, but there <laughs> was, uh, uh, I just felt like something was missing. I mean, I I enjoyed the story that I had not heard before. Uh, it was, it was again. I, I liked it, but I felt like there was a different story in there that would have intrigued me more using these same pieces. Yeah, um, and I and truly, I like it a little less now that you brought up the age. Cause I didn't even think about that other than, um, like, Oh, at the end when they showed me the age, I was like, Oh gosh, these guys are really, really young. But mm-hmm. now, now thinking back of how I feel like the movie should have been, uh, makes me like it, <laughs> makes me like it less. <laughs> um, but that's, uh, I think that could have been really, really powerful uh, at that point. But, uh, so I'm at three, three and a half.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think that's fair. I, I think that, uh, I think it's a good movie. That's what we're both saying. I think it's definitely worth a watch just, you know, for the performances, for the historical nature of it. Uh, if you don't know the story, you're going to learn a lot about it. So uh, definitely a solid movie. Uh, I actually really enjoyed it. It. Um, so yeah, I mean, definitely, if you haven't seen it and you're getting to the end of our spoiler free section, we're, sounds like we're both saying you should go see it. You should see it. for Sure. <laughs> All right. You ready for spoilers then? Let's
1: do it. All right. This is
0: your last chance. After this, there is no turning back.
1: All right. Spoilers. All right. So where do you want to start in spoilers? Because I don't really know where to go with spoilers. Well, I'm going to pick on Jesse for a little bit. Okay. Uh, because hinted at it already. And so I just want to dive in. I felt like his character is very inconsistent. Uh, and so while one I, I had a kind of his age and I felt like I should have been an older guy hosting him in his house and, and all that. Um uh, and maybe had he been a twenty one year old kid, that would have felt right for for you aged up these guys, but you didn't age up the FBI agent, and so maybe mm-hmm. That that was my problem with it. And maybe that was exactly the age he was supposed to be, but, you know, like he wasn't. Um, and so they were on too level of a playing field for me, and Jesse felt too young to have, have that sort of conversation. But then his character turned from it looked like, like his conversations with Hoover of he had a conscience, you know, of this isn't right or wait, hold on, this is what we're doing. We're leaving these guys out to dry or, you know, uh, all this, hey wait, we're going to go in and kill him. And then he turned to this, you know, mafioso type character in like the last fourth of the movie of, uh, this is the way it's going to be. I'll tell you what, the one scene that I like that fit the casting, like if you say we're going to cast Jesse in this, um, uh, but we're going to show you one scene and you tell me if it fits is him staring in the church. You know, yeah. uh, Like that's creepy, Jesse. That's the Jesse I know. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) he's stalking him. Uh, I I was was like, okay, we're gonna get kind of a different, different Jesse now. And then it didn't. We did get a different Jesse, but not the one that I thought we were gonna get. Sure. It it just seemed. It seemed like his scene with Hoover. Like he was against it, and then he fully embraced it. Like the next scene, and that's where I felt like there was a conflict there. I didn't. I didn't like. Well,
0: I guess what I read from that. And, and I was okay with the conflict. I don't know if that's how that guy really was or not, but the sense that I got from him was that he's just doing a job, and he sees it as rooting out a potential political enemy of the United States. Like it's it's just that. But then when Hoover comes in and talks about, I mean, he lays it all out on the table that it's basically, you know, his racism that's infiltrating the the FBI or not infiltrating, but like pervasive in the FBI. Like that, I think is supposed to show that, that Plemons character doesn't see it the same way. Like they have the same end goal in that they, I guess, see the black Panther party as something that needs to be addressed and taken down. But Hoover's doing it because he's a racist Clemens is doing it because it's an enemy of the state. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I feel like that's maybe the distinction that they were trying to draw with that because he has this moral conflict. You can see it coming out in that scene when he's being asked those questions. It almost came across like Hoover was threatening him, too. Like, I don't know if they meant to do that. But so I get that he would be, on one hand, bothered by the line of questioning, but on the other hand, you know, all in on, you know, squeezing Lakeith Stanfield to get where he wants.
1: And see, I feel like that should have been shown more when he's with Stanfield that he was conflicted. Like, it seemed like in the interview with Hoover, he was like, why are you asking Mm -hmm. me these questions about my daughter? Like, this is my daughter. You know, like, I I see where you are and where you're coming from now. And then just fully embraces it a scene later. And that's that's where I'm, I felt like there could have been, no, you're going to do this and you're going to like it type of thing. Or I'm gonna throw you in jail. I'm gonna come after you. It yeah. just seems I felt like there should have been more of a transition with, with like he, and that's where yeah. that's where it took me away. It's like okay, all this he was felt you felt like I was like wow, they're really gonna make uh, Clemens a sympathetic character when I was waiting for him to turn turn bad guy because that's uh-huh. that's how I feel about. it. Him as an actor, uh, <laughs> right. but but it was uh, I was like, no, they're going to make him the the moral compass. He's going to find a way out, you know, that sort of thing. And then they turn him to this, you know, Godfather esque, leg like, cross, smoking a stogie at the in the restaurant of your play, hardball now. Which right. I didn't feel like it fit. Yeah,
0: I I get it. It's definitely a conflict. I I don't quite know how to read it or what their intent was with with doing that. Like I said, the only thing I can even remotely draw from it is that they were trying to illustrate that Clemens was doing a job, and he felt that that was part of his job, but he he was coming at it from a non-racist perspective, whereas Hoover was very much a racist perspective. That that's about all I can glean from that. But I'd be very interested to to check in with the filmmakers and stuff and see what was their intent with being a little gray area with Plemons there because it, it does raise questions and it, it did make you question motivations it, it did feel like that scene with Hoover was going to be a turning moment where uh, some humanity is introduced so he's not just you know squeezing Lakeith every chance he gets and then yeah you're right they, they do back away from it and the, the end is very much he's very callous dead behind the eyes you're gonna go give me what I need or you're gonna lose everything and either way we're gonna get our guy kind of thing so yeah I, I see what you're saying
1: for sure yeah I feel like they just threw that scene in to show Hoover was racist for sure and well, well I, I don't well I don't feel like it fit with the rest of of his art of jesse's uh, jesse's art yeah gotcha and so had he just been kind of consistent with his this is my job type of thing and i'm I'm going with it because that's this is f b i um it seemed like he was conflicted, and then all of a sudden he wasn't right okay, well I, I'm, I'm good yeah.
0: And adding to your point there, I mean, he explicitly says like, "Hey, we got him. What more do you guys want?" Right. And then they're like, "Well, we basically want him dead." And he's like, "Okay." <laughs> like, yeah. So yeah. I do see what you're saying in that regard. That even if you set aside Hoover's motives versus his, there's he's definitely uh, shown as being hesitant to, you know, kill Fred Hampton, but then he he does it, and it, there wasn't enough explanation there as to. Why he changed? Like, did did they force something on him? Like, hey, you're out if you don't do this. We'll find somebody else to do your job, kind of thing. And he's just protecting his livelihood. Like, what what drove him to to change? I definitely see your point on that.
1: Yeah, there's like one scene missing, I guess. You know, yeah. so somewhere in there, uh or an end convo that got cut. I don't know. I just feel like yeah. there was a there's a disconnect on that that side. Yep, for sure. So I was wrong in my prediction on the uh, the trailer. Of I thought like he would have switched and kind of betrayed the FBI by the end of the movie. Like, realized mm-hmm. he was, this was a cause worth fighting for, and maybe get bad intel, or he knew they were trying to kill Fred, and he got Fred out of there, you know, something. Uh, Kind of play both sides by the end, and that did not happen.
0: Nope. <laughs> and,
1: I mean, they definitely teased it. Yeah. But yeah, he, in the... they They kind of felt like he was... He was buying in. He was, you know, this is this is the cause, but did he ever really? They don't really give you a whole lot of clue because, I mean, even if you look at
0: the the documentary footage at the end of the real Bill O'Neill, like, he makes a comment to the extent what – what did he say? It was something like, um, like, we all had our sides in this, and I forget exactly what it was. Something along that lines where it made me think, like, okay, he – he never bought in. Like, he... It, that line struck me as, like, he was comfortable with what he was doing, being that informant. And he would do it again if he had to, right? Like he made it sound like two sides to a war. He picked his side, and that's the side he's
1: sticking with. Oh. Um, I took it differently. Okay. Uh, I took his... And I'd have to to watch it again to, to quote him correctly, but I took it as... uh he did his part for the black Panther movement. Like he did enough for that side that he could be proud of it. Clearly he wasn't after that interview, he went and killed himself, but I felt like, uh, he was saying that, no, I was a part of it. I did enough to help out, but maybe not. That's kind of how I, he was kind of justifying his actions of, yeah, I was a part of that movement. Yes. I did this other thing, but I was, I did enough to justify my place there. Okay. I mean, that makes sense, because I guess if he was, if he wasn't really
0: remorseful for, like, if he was still entrenched, like, hey, I did the right thing. I I, I was not for the Black Panthers. I worked with the FBI. Then I guess why would he kill himself? Um, Unless, of course, he was worried that, you know, the African American community didn't really understand his story and his involvement in all this. And then by being out now on a, on a public documentary that he would, his life would be terrible afterwards. Like, I don't. I don't really know. I mean, I would definitely be interested in seeing now a documentary on Bill O'Neill,
1: right? Yeah, just to see, or even that full that full interview. Yeah, you because know, obviously they, they they cut and pasted, and the the one line that the one question that we got was, "What would you tell your son?" You know, yeah. and that's why I feel like he was trying to justify his place. You know, justifying that he was doing well within the Black Panther, but also did this other thing, right? And then clearly had second thoughts about all that yeah or some yeah who knows why people do what they do you know after the fact and if you're trying to tie the two together just just a quite a bit of a coincidence (laughs) right the the next day yeah
0: yeah uh well i think i'm running out of things to say since we we went pretty deep in the
1: spoiler free section we did we did we kind of and true story it's uh hard to dance around what's spoilers and what's what's not and i think we may have leaned more towards spoilers in the in the beginning nah we did good we did good I don't (laughs) think I don't think we gave
0: anything away that wasn't in the trailer or whatever so I think we did good so let's get to our questions then sure I am Thor son of Odin as long as there is life in my breast I am running out of things to say are you ready
1: All right. what was your favorite moment um, my favorite moment. I think uh, I liked the pool hall scene. Uh, <laughs> that was good with him pretending to be an FBI agent. That was my, you know, he kept his hat down. Didn't anybody see his face? And then he was just gonna take take the keys and, and run. Yeah, that <laughs> was then, good. Uh, then add that he. You knew at some point he was gonna run into those people again. Oh, for sure. And so I just liked how they, they brought that all all together. Yeah.
0: Uh, I would go with the scene you mentioned earlier, scene from the trailer, Fred Hampton giving his big speech in the church, Lakeith Stanfield on guard, Jesse Plemons out in the in the uh, audience. It, I, I knew it was coming exactly when it was there, but it had even more of an impact from the trailer because like this was shortly after I think Lakeith had threatened to, to leave and Plemons had basically said, "I'm going to track you down wherever you go if you leave." So this is really where. I think it was right after Kaluuya came out of jail too. So there was just all this stuff kind of churning at once. Um, And one of those, I think probably, uh, you know, semi-rare moments where the cool scene in the trailer still feels cool or maybe even a little bit better in the movie because it's just, you know, sometimes it can be ruined when you show it in a trailer, but this time I felt like it actually played out better in the movie given everything that was happening.
1: Did you think we were going to get more creepy
0: Clemens than just the one, one time in the church? Um, I did because the trailer doesn't really show you a lot of the clean cut FBI guy, you know, you, you drop your big glimpse of him as, you know, being creepy in a crowd. So I guess I thought maybe he would like constantly be tailing him and stuff like that, but you don't really get that.
1: Yeah, no, I kind of thought, especially after the church, I thought we were going to get him seeing him everywhere of, Hey, I know, I know how to find you. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. I thought I thought there'd be a couple of scenes like that, but it was just the one in the church and all of a sudden he was back at the restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> all right uh what's one thing you would change uh clemens uh again i i i just i didn't believe him I, I i thought he had a fine job acting i just didn't i thought he was too young for the role and so i would have i would have upped his you know put an older fbi agent um uh, but now now that we talk about it um uh, I, I i take that back i would make i, I would take out the, the two and put 20, 18 year old 20 year old actors um I mean, that's, they, your, that's your one change in the yeah. movie
0: like if you could change anything you're taking Kaluya Stanford? i know you say i know give oscar
1: performances and taking him out i th- yes i think i have to because i do think that would tell his story better um i have no i don't know who i would put in there um I'm not not hip on who's in the Mickey Mouse Club these days, you know, <laughs> to, to to throw to throw in there, but that's, I think you have to because this this as us talking about has changed my opinion of it. Of uh, I think an eighteen year old kid being harassed by the FBI and also being a leader in the community of of what he was would have been a much more powerful movie. I uh, I would just disagree. I, I
0: feel like. The performances get you invested in the characters. They hooked you in. Um, They communicated everything they needed to. And then I, I guess I'm the opposite. The more we've talked, the more I felt like that gut punch at the end when they finally tell you that he was only 21, you're like, oh, man, that's crazy. He was only 21 years old? Like, I get that from maybe a filmmaking standpoint, it's not necessarily like the best i mean you, you you would think you'd try to cast people who are more in line with the the reality of the situation but i do feel like that gut punch at the end was one of those things where like it, it shouldn't matter right like we shouldn't be like oh well he was 35 years old you know whatever he he can get yeah. shot and die who cares but i mean it is kind of a gut punch to be like oh okay wait damn he was only 21 all right all right but i don't think i would have traded the caliber of performances that we got um and to try and roll the dice that you can still drive home something as effective with perhaps lesser proven actors.
1: The they are definitely proven, and right. But you're you're assuming that you'd get a lesser performance out of yes, I am no, no name person. So that that's why <laughs> I, I that's why, is <laughs> you're assuming that we get, and which is fair because who's going to be on that level? That they, they're both very very good actors, right? And so. Uh, I I get what you're saying, but you're also assuming a worse performance.
0: Yeah, and I th- I think that's a safe assumption. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not everybody can bring it like those two guys. True. Um, so for me, I I had a couple of things that I thought I would change, none of which was the acting. Um, I, and it all has to do with like I guess the, the landscape of the time. Um, one part, I'm going to say two things, and I'll just pick one. But one thing was like. I feel like there was a lot of good that the Black Panther Party did, and they probably just didn't have time to to kind of focus in on that. Like, giving back to the community. Like, they talk about it, but you didn't really see it, so it was hard to kind of feel like this. Um, I, I felt for Fred Hampton. I felt for the members of the Black Panther Party. I, I had a hard time feeling for the party itself. Like, I, I just I didn't quite get that sense of, like, okay, what are they doing in their community and stuff like that, which is fine. I, I don't know that it was overly needed... But the other one I'm actually going to choose that I would change is, I was a little confused in the beginning with the landscape of Chicago. Let's say as it comes to the Black Panther Party, the what what else was it? There was like the Patriots. The there's like three or four gangs going on. There's even like a, a white group that was going on, and I forget what what they were called. I thought they, they were just the Patriots. Yeah, I can't yeah, there's the green berets, the purple berets, the black berets, the, the white people. And I get that part of what we're supposed to realize is Fred Hampton was uniting people around a common cause. It didn't matter your race or anything like that. It was just like you're being, and it's kind of what MLK said, right? You're you're poor and they don't care if you're black or white, or whatever. If you're poor, you're poor and they're gonna keep you down. But I would have liked to have understood a little bit more about these uh gaps that he was bridging because like I kind of understood just from the different berets, like, okay, that's a different. I don't want to call him a gang. I don't know if it was a gang. Like, I guess I had troubles in the beginning understanding who was who and the grasping, I guess, what it took or what it meant for him to be doing this. And I wish I could have, I don't know how I would have gotten that without just some like two minute exposition of like, you know, well, Chicago is divided by these four rival gangs. Like, I don't want to do that. But like, I just didn't have enough sense of place in the very beginning. You in the newscast of somebody reporting? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't <laughs> want a little spinny newspaper that, you know, spins forward. I don't want that. But, like, I guess I just feel like there could have been something done a little bit more. Like, even if it's a side conversation where he's like, hey, I got to, you know, if we're really going to do this thing, we got to unite this group with this group and this group. And, like, I just, I, I'm i smart enough to get that that's what happened. I just, I, I wish I could have followed along a little bit better with a little bit more real knowledge of what was happening.
1: They kind of did that, I think. Uh, they kind of mentioned the, the different groups, but I didn't get why the different groups were against one another. Uh, yeah. And so, again, back story of, hey, I feel... And and that's my lack of knowledge of what what happened with the Black Panther Party and why there's these different factions, um, but I don't think they did a very good job of explaining the whys behind it of, you know, this group may be more uh, aggressive. You know, this yeah. group is more community-driven. You know, this group... Right. You know, and and maybe that that could have been, yes that definitely could have been done more because um, you had Clemens saying hey this is the same same as the KKK you know on the other side of the coin uh, and showing them you know they tortured and murdered you know the informant once they found them mm-hmm. um, because, and that they would talk about feeding kids they would mm-hmm. talk about feeding people but you're right they never showed it of uh, what they yeah. did for the community I think that would have if that's what they're trying to combat of that perception of what that group was, uh, you're right. They should have showed it on screen opposed to Mm -hmm. them. They mentioned it a lot. How many people did we feed today or let's build a hospital, but they didn't show doing anything. Yeah. Uh, And so I, I, I I
0: see that for sure. Okay. All right. Last question. Then if you like this movie, you would also like, let you go first. Okay. Well, I'm not going to say the departed, even though I've mentioned that several times. Um, I'm going to go with, I think it's a very similar movie, but with the coin flipped. Um, I'm going to go Black Klansman. I think that if you like this movie, I think you will like that. It's another true story. Obviously, we're not infiltrating the Black Panther Party. We are instead infiltrating uh, the Klan. But uh, I, I, I think you would enjoy it. I think if you like this, you would enjoy that. I would say Black Klansman is less on the biopic side, But you know, story-wise, there's a lot there. It's it's less about learning about Fred Hampton, um, like a singular character. Klansman is. It's it's less about the singular character and more about just like the story that's real. Um, But yeah, I
1: think that'd be my pick. Black Klansman. Okay, I went. uh, I was going with American Gangster because I felt like that was again a sort of the true true crime story of. Of This guy you never heard of, you know, and so it was more of a get to know you government intervention type of thing. And so I, that, that's just what I was thinking when I was when I was watching this. So more of the undercover side, because, I mean,
0: Fred Hampton wasn't really like a true crime story. It's more of a political.
1: Right. Thing. Right. I was but more of I was describing a like gangster because yeah, i right. gangsters in the title. So, you know, it's a gangster. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> sure. saying that. Uh, that they were I was just saying that if you like this yeah. I think you, you would like you would like that and I think that's a little bit more uh, I feel like it's probably less accurate um, and more action uh, in that American Gangster movie mm-hmm. but uh, I do think you would, you would enjoy it yeah that's my, that's my recommendation go, go check that out Denzel's yeah. always good yes for the most part for the most <laughs> part when's Denzel not
0: well, I mean, I think we both just said that uh, uh, the little things, he was fine. That's true. Equalizer, he was fine. Right. Uh, Denzel doesn't go below average. Let's just say that. I, I don't I don't know that I'd ever say Denzel goes below average. In his performances or his movies?
1: Oh, performances. Okay. M- movies for sure, but performances. Yeah. He always good. gives at least a three-star performance. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. <laughs> Deal. Deal. Yeah, I I'll, I'll accept right.
0: that okay well that wraps it up for Judas and the Black Messiah next week we will be like I said visiting Willy's Wonderland with Nick Cage so go go find that one and brace yourself for that <laughs> alright Carson where can they find you on Twitter at Carson Graff G-R-A-F-F you can find me at at two views Garrett, G-A-R-R-E-T-T you can find the show on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at at two views movies, or you can email us at 2 views movies at gmail.com Please don't forget to subscribe to the show via Apple, Google, Spotify, basically anywhere you listen, we are there. And if you're still listening, we do have a few more uh, items to give away if you are still interested. A couple digital codes for Barb and Star uh, go to Vista Del Mar and some Judas and the Black Messiah tickets. So if you somehow listen to this all the way through now and want to go see it again, we have some (laughs) tickets you can go go use. All right. We done. We're done. Willie's Wonderland next week. We'll see you then. What should we do next? Something good? Something bad? Bit of both?
1: Bit of both.